time to make that big decision. Yeah. I want to win championships. I want to win bowl games. And we're also better fix to do it in your city. The power of home represents something. The DMV, like you try to explain it to people that aren't from there, and it's hard to explain it. That thing we talk about, Maryland Pride, is real. And today, we're going to play with Maryland Pride. He's got a go! Touchdown, Maryland! The Terrapins have one last shot at winning this game. Three seconds, two seconds, one second, throws it up. Money! And he got it! And the Terrapins win at the buzzer! Oh, Stevie Francis, showtime. Oh, Neil, what a play by Pius. Holy cow. Maryland hits the road to beat Penn State. Maryland pulls off the upset. They have defeated number one, and the celebration is on. And the kids have done it. Maryland wins their first ever national championship. Holding up Indiana, 64 to 52, and let's listen and look at the celebration. Be not afraid of greatness. Some are born great. Some achieve greatness. And others host college sports and recruiting podcasts. You're listening to IMS Radio at InsideMarylandSports.com. Your hosts, Jeff Ehrman, Paul Douglas, and Larry Franz. Hello, fellas. How are you? Gentlemen, what's good? Been a minute. Well, it's been quite a while. I think I was looking at the, the, the agenda from the last one, and it's been a month and a half, 322. March 20th or something like that. Now it's. I'm not going to lie to you. It feels like last week to me. I mean, I I swear to God, this time of year, I'm like a holy, you know, like a wholly owned subsidiary of my children. Like, I just do stuff and I don't know what day it is and I don't know what time it is or where I'm at or what I'm doing. I just take them places and watch stuff. And then, like tonight, I had to go to. I, we actually had all four of us had a specific different thing to do and i had two things i am missing one thing i'm doing this thing and then we got the kids to the other things and my wife's doing her thing and it's that's like three or four nights a week for us right now it's it's killer yeah i understand and don't have children is what i'm saying <laughs> what i'm getting at i disagree i i love that yeah. You got one, man. You're missing it in a few years, that's for sure. It's like that song, you're going to miss this. I always <laughs> skip that song because it's so spot on. It starts, I start getting all sad. You know the song I'm talking about? I Not at all, but I believe you. The country song. And then there's one other. That's why I don't know. <laughs> it's actually pretty, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I dabble in country now a little bit, believe it or Look not. Look at you. Yeah, I'm, I'm eclectic, man. A little bit of everything. <laughs> there's occasionally a country tune I like. I very much enjoyed country in the '90s and stuff. It was like kind of post 9/11. It got a little, got a little troopsy and Jesusy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, really... That's that's my problem, not yours. I mean, yeah, I'm probably more like a real country fan would say that I'm just listening to like the radio stuff. Although that's all right. There's some good stuff. Chris Stapleton is amazing. He's like the new, uh, the new hotness. 
I can definitely, yeah, I've, I've been introduced to Chris Stapleton. I can roll with that guy. I can roll with Zach Brown, you Zach know, like Brown that type of thing. Like, I'm not, I'm not completely uh, ignorant to the, to the movement. You're, not, you're just not sitting around listening to Toby Keith. <laughs> I can assure you I'm not sitting around listening to Toby Keith. If there's anybody, Toby Keith's on that list of people that needs to be launched in the sun as far as I'm concerned. And that's just for his music. I can give a crap about the rest of it. Yeah, he's awful. Well, Garth Brooks is like apparently the like greatest selling, or I don't know. I saw something. He sold like a hundred million records or something. I couldn't name a single Garth. Or no, Friends in Low Places. That's Garth Brooks, right? Yeah. Yes. There you go. Bam. See, dude, awesome. Garth is awesome. I mean, if you if you don't like Garth Brooks, like you're the problem. Yeah. Well, that's obviously. Uh, anyways, you know. Actually, you, I'll know. tell a quick, a very quick story. Um, during this uh, our grand off period here, I went down to uh, Orlando for the uh, the U.S. soccer match against Panama, so they qualified for the World Cup. And the same night we were down there, um, Garth was playing that uh, whatever the football state, whatever used to be the Citrus Bowl or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, so like you know, here's us like a bunch of soccer nerds and soccer jerseys in this bar called the Stagger Inn, which is it's the type of bar that it literally has a sign that says "Country as Fuck" on the wall. Um, and then the Garth Brooks concert. I door at my house. Do you? Do yeah. you? Okay. I'm not knocking it. It's cool. But, um, yeah, so, like, we're all sitting there in the corner having a good time, and then, like, the Garth Brooks show lets out, and it's a very different place. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was a very different place than it was when we got there. So, like, that was that was interesting. But uh, That's yeah. funny. It's Cups funny there. to stagger in. In Bermuda, there's a bar, or at least there was, called the Swagger Inn. And they oh, have... Nice. They have a their logo is swagger in stagger out. I was literally gonna say I was like you know swagger in stagger out would make the most sense to me. Frankly. And it's awesome. They sell those shirts and everything. It's pretty cool in Bermuda. Very cool. That was years ago. Haven't been there in a very long time, but I assume it's still there because it was incredibly popular. Next live show. Well, I I got Next drunk there. Don't you even joke about that type of thing. <laughs> I got drunk there and performed live there because there was a guy who played guitar there and I was so drunk I said let me come up and play and I did and I went up and played <laughs> acoustic guitar at the Swagger Inn in Bermuda. Very that, nice. It is a true story. There are tens of people in the world who were there and will cherish that memory for the rest of their lives. And they're all listening right now. <laughs> yeah. That's right. All ten of them. Well, I will cherish it for the rest of my life. It was a lot of fun. So I love it. I'm, I'm messing yeah. with you. I'm jealous. I would never have the confidence to do that. Yeah. Well, you know, it's what I do. <laughs> and if I, you know, I, like it's kind of like a thing you hear about, you hear about comedians talk about all the time, like kind of going up and bombing and you have to kind of bomb before you get to the, to the good stuff. And I did that so many times that like I can bomb and not have it affect me too badly. Like I know that that's a possibility. But also, you know, I've done it enough times that I've gotten to be pretty good at it. And so generally, I, I feel pretty confident that when I do that, it's going to go well. So Larry's I've like, definitely. Uh, it's like Michael Scott at the Dundees. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. Similar kind of, uh, kind of vibe. Uh, no, no. I mean, I, you know. I, I can I've been playing for a lot of years, so I can I can hold my own when I do that stuff. I'm not the world's best singer, but I'm good enough. Good so. enough for parody songs for IMS Radio. That's for goddamn sure. Yeah, 
Yeah, those are those are fun. Maybe I need to do a new one of those. I don't. Yeah, that's overdue. Oh, that's a that's a nice summer project. Yeah, well, I have an idea for a new intro, and and the reason is because every time we use the intro we use now, we get um, we get flagged because we're using a copyrighted song. Yeah. So we can't we can't monetize the video, but it's fine because we don't have a thousand followers anyway. So we can't monetize it until we get to 1,000 followers. Which, by the way, everybody listening, all 12 of you, it says right now. Did you post this on Twitter yet, Jeff? We have 12 people? What's going I on? I did. I did. Uh, oh, well, you can tell with, you. With, the, with the extreme, um, you know, uh, kind of support and presentation that we put this out there like an hour what, before we, we even started thread like an hour before we got here. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of uh, malaise, too, right now. It's one of those periods, like, I always talk about, like, I always nerd out about publish, being a publisher and looking at the trends and all that. And right now, about three weeks ago, people just started being much less receptive. I think it's just the start of spring and kind of basketball falling yeah. out of mind for a little bit. So this is around that time where it's hard to get people to pay attention to this stuff. So Well, and, you know, that, that yeah. coaching search was exhausting. I mean, yeah. I, I thought it would be a whole lot more fun than it ended up being, like, because you, you kind of get to – you know, you get your little list and you kind of get to follow them and see how they were doing and really just ended up being like misery with like the, you know, the names Our we wanted that fun. weren't on the list. Yeah, I'm sure they're fatigued from that too. And everybody's running around to freaking lacrosse and baseball games and all this, you know. So. Yeah, tell me about it. But, uh, yeah, so they'll be back on the 12 of you listening, please. Uh, long. Trust me. Yeah. The 12 of you listening, Please subscribe. Please subscribe. That's what I was getting Don't to say there's 12 today. people have, listening. Have, say there's hundreds listening. Like, they, they're 12, not going to check. Yeah. Well, well it's, it is. It's, tw- it's, tw- yeah, it's 12,000. That's what I meant. Lie to them, Larry. Yeah. We don't really do that. <laughs> we, 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 we have a history of making fun, of being very self-deprecating. That's true. It's just That's the, true. the culture of the show, so... Uh, I do have a kind of an interesting story. You know, I've talked about my son being a, a musical theater kid. And he, I, I've likened my experience with him and his recruitment process to being very similar to what it's like being like a football recruit. Like if I had a son who was like, I, I, I view him as like a kind of a marginal three, four-star recruit, like a 90-rated football player, okay? Hear that, Andrew? You're four, marginal. Man. At least say, <laughs> say low four-star. Don't, don't put three in there. I think it's low four. I do think it's low four-star. He uh, he applied to only top 20 programs in the country. So, and he got into, he did not get any of the top 10s, but he got into the ones in the teens. Is this where you um, tell us he's going to Penn State? Yeah, do we do we do we get a? Let, uh, I'm getting to that poll here. Right. I'm I'm getting I'm getting to it. Right. So he, the first school that accepted him, we flew out, and we met the director and the tour. We met the the uh, acting coach and all these people. Like the equivalent, it would be like of, you know, doing an on-campus visit and meeting your offensive coordinator. You know, meeting Loxley, all that stuff, right? Uh, and they, it was just like I felt like it was just like we were in a room with Loxley. She's like the director, names names Terry Kent, 
at Kent State, oddly enough. She's like, you're one of our favorite in the class. As soon as you get here, you're going to be uh, getting work, which is the equivalent of you're going to be getting playing time. Right? Three minutes like, a night, buddy. Ex- exactly. Like, playing time. Like, uh, we just had three guys get signed that re- you remind me of them. So it's like we put these people in the NFL. Like, it's so similar. How much NIL? Well, how much NIL money are they throwing at you? Fifty grand at Kent State. Oof. They offered, but the story gets crazier from there. Thursday, he had been waitlisted at Indiana. He got rejected by Penn State, so that's a spoiler alert. But he had been waitlisted by Indiana, the Hoosiers. And Thursday, he calls and says, "I got in, and I want to go." And I was like, "Really? Wow. We're already committed. We're already registered. Like, what's going on?" He's like, I just, when I went to Indiana, I loved it. I loved the campus, the vibe, the feeling. So we flew out this weekend. Monday did the whole thing with their team, their director. They have a director of recruiting. They offered him money, too. So they gave him money, and he committed. He flipped. He flipped. Wow. Damn. He flipped. These days don't understand the the word commitment anymore, man. (laughs) Well, he flipped, and and. he, I said, all right, the first person you're calling is the director at Kent State because you had a personal relationship with them. And it, you call her first before you put this on Instagram and any of this stuff. So he calls her. She didn't answer. Um, and so I said, all right, she didn't answer. I'll, I'll allow you to do an email now. and But say in there that if you want to talk, we can talk. So he emailed her. She emails back instantly and said, what if we gave you a scholarship? <laughs> so like. <laughs> like it was like a bidding war for like the yeah it's like nil money and i just young young elton john or some some such yeah i just i just it's so weird it's so this it's so exactly the same thing and uh he said no it wouldn't change my mind because he just loved it and and in the end they're all like welcome he's a hoosier now and all this kind of stuff if we were doing video tonight i was actually thinking about wearing my new indiana shirt as a <laughs> joke Hey, beats the hell out of Penn State, one. And two, Indiana's, Bloomington's a cool, that's a cool campus. Really? Oh, my God. Amazing campus. I understand why it wants to be there. Dude, there are some incredibly pissed off people on InsideKentStateMusicalTheater.com right now. (laughs) Well, you know who one of those are, Paul? Flushing your boy. Do you know who one of those are? Oh, I know. Yeah. Our boy Thomas Wentz. I would not answer that text if I were you. I've already I already texted him. It, I he helped me a lot through the process. His daughter goes there. They were both incredibly helpful through the process, and he understood. You got to be where you're happy, and you know. So he understood. He wasn't upset. You know why would he be? Like if the same thing happened in reverse, I wouldn't be upset. I'd say you got to go where you want to go. You know? I don't know. So, he's pro- he's probably on inside Kent State Musical Theater dot com crushing your boy. Right now, <laughs> yeah. he's telling you it's cool. All the stuff like he's telling see. you it's cool, but ain't cool. Yeah, all the like stuff we said about uh, Dwayne Haskins, the director. Yeah, that's right. close. It was like the. It was crazy though, because like the guy, there's a the guy at Indiana and Andrew just like completely hit it off, and I'm like, is this Kent State is the Kent State's director's name Turgeon by any chance? <laughs> <laughs> no. But it was. I was like, this must be what it's like with Loxley, because this guy was so charismatic, and he was selling, selling, selling to Andrew the whole thing. And Andrew looked at me, and I'm like, yeah, if you want to do it, go ahead, do it. And we were, uh, and he said, yeah, I want to, I want to come here, I want to commit to Indiana. So, 
Anyway, it's Kent State's got to work on their NIL collective. Like, there's just a lot going on here. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so similar. It's crazy. Like the exact same kind of stuff. But you know, he made it into. We have Indiana ranked in the high teens as a program, which you know is going to be like football wise is going to be like a Michigan State or Iowa or Mississippi level thing for football. So that's. Really, really good. Like you know, you know that poor kid on these visits is like, Dad, stop with the fucking football analogy. <laughs> no, he understood some of that. When we were at a school called Baldwin Wallace, which he really wanted, we had like the number three program in the country. They literally called to compare themselves to Ohio State football because they're in Ohio, and they said when you come here, being a theater major is like being the quarterback at Ohio State. That's your life. So they do it too. Anyway. Sounds like a slight exaggeration to me. I don't know. No, I don't think so. Hmm. It's it's well, I mean, the amount of money involved is different, obviously, because yeah, there's no place, there's no way a place that with that name doesn't cost like three million dollars a year. Yeah, seriously. So anyway, I, I don't know if I bored everybody, but I thought it was interesting the parallels. I have a son who in no way wanted to stay home. Shenandoah's a top twenty program. Lives an hour from our home. Noe wanted to stay home. JMU is a lower-level program. So it's kind of, you know, kind of interesting, the parallels. Good but job, it's o- kid. It's respect, over- respect his decision. No interviews. Yeah. <laughs> it's over with now. And I say respect my decision. It's not like please or I'd appreciate. It's just a straight-up demand. Like, you That's will right. respect my decision. That's and always caught me, you know. Right. Uh, a little aggressive. Like, I don't have to respect your decision. (laughs) To bring it back to Maryland, Maryland plays there on October 15th. I'm already planning on going out. It's going to be awesome. Oh, well, shit. I might have to meet you out there for that one. Yes, sir. How far are you from Bloomington? A couple hours. Okay. Let's do it. Live IMS radio show in Bloomington. Let's go. That would be awesome. Maryland fans that will be there to watch a live show. Oh, you're going to talk about tens of people. Like a couple players, mom. Tens yeah. of people. Maybe we get Bobby Knight as a guest. Oh yeah, he's very accessible and around. I imagine. Fully. Well, never mind. That was going to be rude. Anyway, <laughs> let's talk sports. What's let's talk sports. Nothing's going on at Maryland. That's why we're let's talking about everything things. else. He's just going to bring in wheels for the rest of the show. We yeah. do have wheels coming up later. We do. And there's a lot for him to talk about, by the way. Non-revs are crushing it. But before we get there, before we get there, we do have some stuff. You want to start with basketball football? I think basketball is more pertinent at the moment, especially because of the guest we have tonight. Jameer Young, six-foot, point guard transfer from Charlotte. And prior to that, from where, Paul? DeMatha Catholic High School, High School, <sighs> Maryland. Yuck. Finally, Jesus Christ! It feels like it's been. The, honestly, I don't count this one as ending the. I don't count it as ending the drought because he was a transfer. It, it doesn't. Sort of does, but you got to get the kid out of the. It house. doesn't. No, I don't think it does. Yeah, because he's not a Demathe recruit. He's not. You know, it's a whole different, different coach there, different everything. So it's so. I mean, you give him a little. It's sort of like a, a little chip out of that. It's baby steps. Baby yeah, steps, baby, right? Yeah, I don't think it ends. I don't think it ends the job, but still a huge commitment. You know, one of the top uh, probably 20 transfers in the country, which in years past, top 20. 21st, like Paul. 
Sorry, there. Jeff, he's ranked 21st on, on 21st, so. 24th. better than that. In years past, if you got the 21st transfer, number 21, you'd be like, oh, it sounds like a solid player. Now with 4 million kids in the portal, twenty number 21 is like elite. Like I'm seeing kids, I look at these lists now, and you're down in like the 60s and you're seeing guys who are can play and were like four-star recruits. You know, they, they, they have some warts usually at that point, but it's so much different now. Still good players. Yeah, I mean, we have the top 100. A few years ago, if you did the top 100 transfers, the bottom guys would be like some guy from Elon or something, but it's not like that. So anyways, he was a really good get. Obviously, uh, they need a full backcourt and uh, to replace Ayala and Fats Russell from last year. And I wouldn't be surprised if the other another piece of that puzzle lands very soon. That's what I was just going to get into the other potential transfers that might be committing. You're speaking of Donald Carey, 6'4 shooting guard, from Maryland's minor league affiliate, Georgetown. Yeah. <laughs> and Frederick Douglass High School in Baltimore. Hopefully he, he is, works out better than the last one, right? He is not rated in the top 25 transfers, but he's close. But yeah. if you just judging by rating, they only list the top 25. I think that 24-7 sports should... Because transfers is so big now, they have to expand that part of their part of yeah, their. Yeah, that's that's a big focus for them. Yeah, uh, they knew coming in like portal, 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 and NIL, which another some other sites have gone real heavy on the NIL coverage. I don't think, from what I've seen, I think fans have NIL fatigue. Like they know it has to be discussed at times, but they don't want like twenty-four hour coverage of it. So we, I think, twenty-four-seven make a good made a good decision as opposed to some other people by going all in but they, there's always more I mean the portal is everything right now right at least until they clean it up you know a little bit with either um, getting rid of immediate eligibility or cleaning up the I mean it's a, it's a freaking zoo right now but you know I'm, I guess I'm getting on a tangent yeah I mean it's wild it's it's you know it's changed the face of recruiting because most of the time the high school kids you recruit aren't going to stick around so Every year you're rebuilding your roster. I, I think, you know, the best case scenario is that you can get a core of three or four or five freshmen that you might get two or three years out of, build around them. But every year you got to replace, you know, four, five, six guys. It, it's nuts and it's relentless. And I don't, I wonder if eventually the coaches just revolt. Um, but it would, you know, they'd have to do it together, and they don't do anything together. So they got to get rid of get rid of the immediate eligibility, and everything changes. Yeah, yeah, or just give give them one one free pass. I don't know. You know, isn't that the rule now that you get one? And yeah, then afterward, the part, unless you get a waiver, a lot of guys everybody get gets waivers. Coaches, their coach left or whatever else. It's, um, you know, I think they're trying now. They're trying to put the put the cat back in the bag and it's too late like they came out with this uh this guidance they called it to basically state again that that boosters are not supposed to be paying players to go to specific schools <laughs> which everybody's been doing you know just callously look at miami what they're doing they're not even that guy's not even pretending i mean he's just coming out and basically he's being, selling it yeah he's like i bought this player he's yeah it's unbelievable um now it's cost him a guy which is even better, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's wild, man. It's 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 wild to see. And it, again, I, I said this from years ago when we started talking about this and and the the talk about it. 
I am excited for all the players. I'm super excited they get to make all this money and finally get their piece of the pie to some degree. But it's also completely ruining college sports, and I don't know how to justify any of that. Yeah, the fans don't like it. I mean, they're very, uh, they have a very kind of violent almost reaction to it. Just, you know, they see all this stuff in the pros, the free agents, the holdouts, all this stuff. So their college team is supposed to be like a refuge away from all that to some extent of purity and amateurism, which obviously it hasn't been for a long time. But yeah. now it's just, you know, the, the Miami kid coming out, his, his agent coming out and saying, if he doesn't have more NIL, we're going to go in the transfer portal by tomorrow was just, uh, you know, unbelievable. And, uh, you know, I don't know how the, I don't know how you really reverse it. I don't know if there's any way, because I don't think the NCAA is not going to want, have the stomach for lawsuits and they're, they're not going to win any court cases at this point. So it's, yeah, nobody, I mean, it, it's the ultimate, um, you know, like, elephant in the room right nobody wants to touch it congress doesn't want to touch it most of the states don't want to touch the ncaa sure as hell doesn't want to do anything about it i don't know if it it takes the conferences getting together to try and do something on their own but and you know i don't know that they should i mean it's not fair you know that kid should be able to make whatever money he wants out of this so like again that's the contradiction like i want that kid to get paid i want him to be able to to take advantage of the fact that he's a star that he's marketable but I also would like college sports to be something that's fun and something you can when you can, can count actually, on the general same amount of kids being at a place for a little while. That makes it different than pro sports. And I, I don't know that you can do both anymore. So it, it's yeah. it's really just kind of kind of a crazy thing, you know. At a it's at a breaking point. One way or another, it has to evolve into whatever it's going to be pretty soon. I don't think it can stay like this where it's just total chaos for that long yeah and then that's before you even get into the idea that a lot of this nil money is money that used to go to your favorite programs at leg department that's not going there anymore oh they're hating it trust me they don't like that at all because you've got you got the double whammy well the triple whammy really first of all the great recession after that stadiums have never gone back to the capacity that they did before regularly in most places and then secondly that stupid tax law that got rid of all the the write-offs for donations and things like that and then now you've got nil money so guys who are you know want to feel like they're making a difference aren't giving it to the athletic director they're giving it to you know kids directly basically or through these collectives i mean i know right now maryland's maryland's athletic department has like two guys working on the annual fund anymore they basically just gave up on it because it's just you know there's no way they're ever paying for scholarships again and you're just kind of you know, going with the flow. There's not really a way to sell your annual donation anymore the way that they used to. So it's it's just yeah, but kind you know, of with a this wild new Big thing. Ten deal, the amount of money they're going to get, whether it's eighty million, ninety million, whatever it is a year. Yeah, you can pay for the scholarships. Let's no more crying broke after this. After no, this. I I I completely agree. I just mean they used to you know they used to market the annual fund as what paid oh, for the yeah. scholarships. Like oh. that's <laughs> that's out the door. Yeah, and they've done a very poor job of that for years, if we're being honest. The sure. Terrapin Club, I think the Terrapin Club has, what, like 6,000 members or something Less like that? Less than that. For, for school, I think Maryland has how many hundred thousand? I don't know, several hundred thousand living alumni. Some, the, the number I remember when I was helping, trying to help change a lot of that stuff uh, from the inside 
was that there were 200,000 graduates within like an hour of campus. And that yeah. was probably 15 years ago. So I imagine it's at least 300 now. Um, it's, it's just, again, we all know Maryland's struggles and there are some legit handicaps they have to deal with that other schools don't, but it's not great either. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the thing about the, it's the combination of the NIL and the immediate eligibility. If you took either one of them out, obviously that, you know, changes things with the combination makes it a complete free agent market. And even if you're a school like Maryland, trust me, they had to, you know, they had to make sure some guys didn't leave. Some guys had offers, NIL offers from other schools and they had to work around that. You know, you might not see some of their better one of their best or better players from last year on the team right now if they if they hadn't figured that out uh so it's you know there's no such thing as tampering anymore now that was willard's first recruiting job was keeping the that core of this team together and for the most part he did so thumbs up on that at least it's eight o'clock jeff we're expecting jameer to join at any minute is that correct correct okay while we're waiting for him did you want to get into high school recruiting for 2022, sure. they just had the one one commit, Noah Bachelor, 6'6", small forward out of IMG, Florida, rated 201st, so not the typical ranking that Maryland would like to see. But Kevin came in late. Kevin Willer came in late. 2023 is looking a lot different, correct? Yeah, I mean, I think 2023 is going to be, or I know it because I, you know, with someone on the staff there and he said directly that that that's going to be kind of the, the building block of, of Willard's program kind of like when Turgeon came in and started with that class of uh, Seth Allen and Jake Lehman and those guys and you felt like that first class was going to be kind of you know I mean obviously if it doesn't work out you have many more but that kind of sets the sets the tone so uh, I think they'll you know obviously they had Jonathan Lamothe on campus last week. He's the guard from St. Francis Academy in Baltimore. He's the number one player in the state, top 50 nationally or top 100, depending on on the list that you look at. Uh, they've really grown fond of him lately. I think that they'll press and have a pretty good chance there. Uh, Georgetown might be the stiffest competition, which, you know, I don't, it's tough to lose out to Georgetown right now if you're Maryland that would, that would be well I mean I mean but at the at the same time Georgetown could just like you know build him up a little bit and then we'll snag him when he's a junior I mean that's yeah, kind of the way sure. things are yeah, going let them, let them, yeah <laughs> let them go through the growing pains yeah, yeah I mean, I'm fine with that he's got to go through AAA first know, two years of Ewing he might be worse than he is now though <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, just send him to the farm program that's yeah. all so uh, they had another kid or have another kid coming tomorrow Layden Blocker, who's one of the top point guards in the country. Uh, I think he's number 34, something like that, nationally. Really good. Has a lot of high-level offers like Kansas and others. So he'll be a tough get, but they like him a lot. He's one of their top guys. Um, uh, I hope I'm saying this right. Tafara Gapare, I believe is how you say his name. He's a 6'10 kid. Uh, who plays for Team Mello, Baltimore-based AAU team. They like him a lot. He's picked up a ton of offers lately. I think that they have a pretty good chance there. And then, I mean, there's a lot. It's still so early in that 2023 class. There's still there's a ton of names, and there's still a lot of focus on the transfer portal for next year. 
So I think after, you know, once they get Donald Carey done and get one or two of these big men out of the portal, then they'll fully focus on 2023. The two big men you're speaking of, Josh Mbala, or Mbala, yeah. F.A. Abagidi. Correct, yeah. So uh, what are the chances of both of those guys? So Mbala visited this week. I think they got a pretty good chance there. He's also got some solid offers. I don't know if he's going to take more visits or not. That's the question. I think they felt like after the visit, they should know before the end of the week whether he's coming or going to take more visits. Uh, they'd love to get him. He's kind of that undersized, you know, bruiser, athletic, kind of Boom Osby sort of players. That's who I would compare him to. And then F.A. Abugidi is the big prize. He's a 6'10 kid from Washington State. You know, crazy athletic. People on the site have been Kind of comparing him to Chris Wilcox in that way, not to say he's as good of a player or going to be a lottery pick or anything like that, but he's a very dynamic big man, which is what you need. You know, Julian Reese obviously has a ton of potential, but he's not going to carry your whole front court, even if he does take the soft, sophomore step forward. So uh, you really need, I think, I think probably two big men to be honest. If you got, if you could get both those guys, they'd be in great shape. So gun to your head right now, Jeff. Donald Carey, Josh Mbala, F.A. Abagidi. Who's coming? Who's not? I mean, I think they'll get Carey soon. Uh, Abagidi's a total mystery. Even to all the coaches recruiting him, he doesn't really talk a lot. So I don't think even the schools recruiting him know what the deal is. I'm sure they'll know more after his visit tomorrow, but I can't even make a guess on him at this point because it's hard to even say who else. I know Arizona is one of the schools recruiting him. That's just about all that has come out. Uh, and Ball, I, I think they, you know, they've got a good shot at, but he's, that's the thing about these transfers now. Uh, they've been through the process so much that they just don't like to talk at all. They keep it very quiet, uh, so it's hard to get a read at times. But you know, I, I think they have a solid shot with him, but I can't say for sure if, that, if they'll get that done. So Jeff just promised us all three. Yep, 100%. Jameer, so Jameer Young, Donald Carey, Josh Mbala, F.A. Abagidi. Very good transfer class. One of the best in the country, you'd have to be, correct? You'd have oh, to yeah. say? I, I would think that'd have to be top five easily. Yeah. Yeah, so, and if you're if you're projecting out, I mean, you've already got the, the kind of the core of, of Hart, uh, Scott, Reese, and I guess Martinez to some degree. Like, that that's your bad. eight. Yeah, that's your yeah, eight. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a not bad you know, eight man rotation, if that's your rotation, um, obviously, you know, we've seen how uh, a, a roster that looked pretty good on paper didn't necessarily turn out to be uh, last year, but that's not, that, if it's something resembling that, I'm not sure we're going to get all those guys, but if, if Willard ends up getting something resembling that type of roster uh, come next fall, I, I think that's a, that's a pretty successful uh, turnaround given what he was left in the cupboard. Got to be a top 25 team. Uh, I don't know, but uh, maybe, maybe. I, I don't know. I don't know how they, I don't know. I have no freaking idea how you do preseason rankings anymore. Yeah. With all these moving pieces and, you know, guys coming up from different levels. I, I just, I can't even imagine trying to be one of those people and act like you have any idea what this is going to look like outside of the, the real elite, the real elite school. Let me ask you this. These four guys all commit. Jameer Young has already very likely Donald Carey, but say Mbala and Abigidi both commit as well. 
What's your starting lineup? Hmm. I would say uh, Young at the one, Terry at the two, Hakeem Hart at the three, Dante Scott at the four, and then I guess Reese and then Abigail would battle it out, right? That's the one question Julian Reese is supposed to be like the the future, the franchise. So it'd be hard to send him to the bench just in terms of keeping guys happy. But if you get Abigail, I guess, you know, let the best man win and let, you know, one of those guys would be the sixth man. It's a good problem to have instead of, you know, when you look at like Turgeon's first roster that he inherited and you had Baron Weiss and James Padgett, nothing against those guys. Ashton Panky. So Ashton Panky. Yeah. Wow. Uh, who else? Pichon? Pichon Howard, maybe? I don't know. It's been obviously Stoglin. Yeah, he was still here. Stoglin was Stoglin. 25 times a game. Alex Len, but he wasn't really any good yet. Anyways, you have a hell of a lot more talent than uh, Turgeon had in his first year. I actually just, you know, I just got the Facebook reminder uh, from Gary retiring, like, last week. Like, what a crap time for Gary to retire. Did we ever discuss that? Like, that was really unfortunate. That was bad timing. Yeah, that was really bad. Anyway, sorry. Could be like Dean Smith when he retired at, at an odd time. So UNC basically had no choice but to hire Bill Guthridge. Now that was on purpose, though. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was that was because he wanted to wanted to hire his boy. Yeah, yeah. I'm still pissed I didn't break that Gary retiring story. And so I think I've I've told you guys the story, right? No, go ahead. I don't know. So I, I got a remember. text, or I got an email from a friend slash source, and it was like, uh, it was just like I heard some wild stuff on on uh, Gary. And I was like, oh wow, okay, I'll hit, I'll have to hit this spy guy back in like two hours. And like 30 minutes later, the news breaks. And I was so mad at myself for not answering and getting that one. <laughs> like it was right there for the taking. And of course, yeah, I, well, and that would have been one of the easier ones for you. I mean, you you know, you got yeah. to work hard to get some of the, you know, the we Big Ten one and some of that stuff. He tried to spoon feed me and I blew it. I, I dropped the ball. But anyways, uh, anyways. I, I imagine it was the last time you did that. Yeah, I'm kind of paranoid about those. You don't like to lose them. Like, I, I always tell that to the coaches. Like, hey, I'm just like you guys are with the recruits. I hate losing, you know. Let me know what's going on. I don't want to, uh, I don't want to lose to whoever's trying, uh, trying, not doing, but trying to compete with us. Who got the Gary one? Did Marcus get it? Oh, man, that's a good question. I, I think I, it was maybe Marcus. Maybe the Washington – it might. It was either Marcus or the Washington Post, or it might have even been a Nat, like Jeff Goodman. I don't remember. Yeah. That's a, that's a good question. It's been uh, how long? Jeez. It's been a while. Twelve years. That's yeah, it's been a minute. Jeff, what are we doing about Jameer? Is he flaking uh, on us? Had a workout that he's behind on his workout, but I believe he's still going to join us. Okay. Someone in the chat room saying that they believe Reese should play the four, but that creates problems also, too, because then you have to move Dante to three, and then what do you do with Akeem Hart, right? Yeah, that makes it tough. Like, you know, it's how people always look at offense. It's all about the defensive matchups. That's how, you, you know, you decide what position a guy can play. And, you know, maybe Julian Reese can chase some of these six six dudes around. I don't know. He's, he's quick. He's definitely quick for his size. 
but he's also very foul prone, or at least was last year. And we saw also Dante Scott struggled a lot with quicker guys. That to me is the key, like for him and the team, he has to be in his best shape and fully dedicated to playing defense. Because yep. I think if Dante Scott can play defense, if he could get in better shape, improve his quickness, I think he could play in the NBA. Offensively, there's not that many guys who are six seven can shoot like he can. He's got surprising athleticism sometimes. He'll just be kind of loping down the lane and then he just explodes into the air. Uh, people will probably laugh, or some people who you know, he's got his share of detractors. Some people will say it's ridiculous, but I think if he could get fix that, and that's a big thing to fix. Not many guys get drastically better on defense as seniors, but I mean, he could be a clearly could be an all-conference guy if he could step that up. But last year, he really uh, struggled at times. There are extenuating circumstances, though, in terms of the new coach maybe there are chances for players to make big jumps in areas like that. Yeah, and I think Willard will be more demanding than Turgeon was. Turgeon was more of a, you know, let's have fun and be, I mean, that's not to say he wasn't demanding at all, but I think uh, Willard is a little more, a lot more maybe hard charging and, uh, you know, the practices from what I've heard are more intense, more demanding, more calculating. So, or exacting, whatever word you want to use. So there's a good chance for a guy like him, you know, some of these guys get developed. Yeah, Turgeon always had the the air of, like, an NBA coach. Like, he just kind of didn't push him too hard and wanted people to be happy. Didn't, you know, practices weren't hard, you know, much more of an NBA-style offense for a lot of the time. Like, it's just different, and I'm not sure. I, I think that was part of the issue um, where you didn't get the effort, you didn't get the development from some of these kids. So it would be interesting to see – uh, Willer definitely does not have that reputation at all. Um, and then when you look at the uh, at the roster issue, the one thing I would have a problem with that eight-man rotation we were talking about is that's a big rotation. So you're talking about having two big guys at the four and five, which you don't really see in college anymore. Um, obviously, if they're athletic freaks like the, you know, these two transfers are and a guy like Scott is, uh, that changes it a little bit. Um, yeah, and you know that Reese probably wants to play more at the four so he can get that exposure when he's, you know, looking at, you know, trying to send out tape for, you know, Portsmouth Invitational next year or the year after. Um, but that would be my only concern. I think Reese was based, Reese is basically the type of guy you want playing the five in college basketball these days, but that's also not necessarily the best situation for the player who has NBA aspirations. So I think that's another thing these coaches are going to have to really keep in mind, uh, not just trying to be successful as a team and win as a team, but keeping these guys happy by playing in, in positions that they feel like they can succeed at and that translates to the NBA level. Um, you know, Dante Scott's a good example, too, because and there were times last year when you did see him turn the defense on, I, you know, the, the Illinois game especially, I remember, and a couple of those games even later in the season when it seemed like the team was dead, but he was out there fighting and he was out there moving. So, like, I feel like there might be a little bit of want to uh, going on there uh, in terms of his ability to play defense. So that's another thing. Maybe you hope that that Willard and this new injection of energy um, and kind of, you know, I can imagine these guys getting so tired of hearing the same stuff from the same coaching staff over and over again. Uh, it might really eject some, some new life in some of these guys, especially as they're looking at, either going to the next level or maybe looking to move out and, and get a fifth year somewhere else. 
If you Let's believe there still hasn't been a, this is a side alley, but not a single word from Mark Turgeon since he left. We're going on how many months now? When yeah. In, uh, October, Five November, months, right? October? It was December. Or was it early December? or Was it December? I was thinking November. Either way, he hasn't almost a half a year, and he hasn't said a word, a single word publicly. That's really amazing. Like He just he must have just been... went off the grid. He must have just really been dealing with just some serious fatigue and oh yeah yeah just yeah I've yeah I've never discounted the idea that there might have been like and I don't mean this pejoratively believe me I've been through some some of this myself um, with my family but um, like some mental health issues or, or something that was much yeah. more you know something we we shouldn't laugh and joke about because yeah I mean he just he just looked like a guy who was beaten and yeah. You know, it wouldn't surprise me if he just was like, "F it, I gotta, you know, I gotta get out of here." And you know, it's tough. These guys make a lot of money, and they're in a high-profile job, and they know it. And you know, like I said, people make fun of Mike Greenberg a lot, but the one thing he says, which is absolutely true, is nobody wants to hear about rich people's problems. Yeah, but they still exist. So it's a tough one. It's you know, it's it's hard to know how to adjust. And, and to deal with that uh, when you're on a show like ours, that it's our job to kind of talk about these things. Um, you know, so I, I don't know how to deal with that, but it is, it is odd that he is not, you know, even if it wasn't necessarily like, you know, find a friendly national guy to give him a, you know, a friendly interview to rehab his image or whatever. I don't know. I'm surprised we haven't heard anything. That's odd. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm less. Twitter, so that was a big breakthrough on my part. What's that? I said I did finally bite the bullet and blocked Will Turgeon on Twitter. <laughs> oh. Well, to be fair, he was coming at you pretty hard. I mean, he was relentless. He was he was harsh. I, you know, and, and that's another weird one. Like again, he's an adult, right? But he's a college kid. It's it's weird. I mean, just just enjoy your your generational wealth, you yeah. know, and just go away. Yeah, no, you I mean, it think. wasn't even like that. The, the tweets I made that he replied to weren't even really incendiary. incendiary. You know, he was just uh, very thin-skinned, which is not. Anyways, I guess we're we're, we're dredging up old. Uh, yeah, I, I I I think it's time we move on from that. Like, <laughs> I, I have more sympathy for him than most of the other people do. I don't, you know, it wasn't great, but he's gone. We got a new coach. That's right. Everything's moving in a positive direction, so we should focus on that. And if Mark is really dealing with some mental health stuff, then we should, as Paul said, not make fun of it, just let it go. You know, yeah. that's how I've I never feel. had. I've never had any problem with the dude. I mean, to be yeah, honest, part of part of him being that. part of him being like a Family Guy and a nice Midwestern dude is, you know, that doesn't qualify you to be a head coach most of the time because you need to be a psychopath and a crazy person who just is obsessed with things, and he wasn't. And good for him. That's great. Like I'm, I'm excited for his new life. I hope. I hope he. You know, if he quits coaching and just ends up being an awesome dad and you know sells real estate. I don't know. Good for him. I think that's great. I don't think he's going to have to sell real estate. <laughs> Probably not. But unless he wants to. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't need the money. I guess. Yeah. If unless he does it just for the sake of like flipping, right? That kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. New beach Tur- house. The Turgeon yeah. Investment Company, uh, you know, picking up picking up Dewey Beach properties. While we're waiting for Jameer, hopefully he's still joining us. We're still waiting on him. Sorry about that, everybody. Let's 
He's get, he's in he's in the lab getting better though. If, yeah. So like yeah. so like to be fair, the kid's working hard right now. Like so yeah. you know, would you rather him talk to us dummies or yeah, you know, I would. Yeah, I getting, would. Actually. Getting up a hundred shots. Yeah, no, talking to us. Okay, that, was good. Yeah. that was a good spin, though. That was a good yeah, spin. Yeah, good try, Paul. I'm doing my best here. Football, two weeks ago, or was it a, Yeah, it was two weeks ago, I think. Yep. was the spring game. Paul, you started a thread and watched it very closely. I was busy, so I was half watching it. I read through the thread and read through the comments. But do you have a lot to say about that since you really analyzed it and looked at it closely? Uh, well, I wish you would have prepped me for this because I would have reread my thread. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, the first half was pretty interesting. Obviously, the it had. I liked that Locke set the game up as the the number one offense against the number one defense. Whereas a lot of times, instead, they'll have, you know, the one offense against the two defense and the two defense against the one off or the two offense against the one defense. This time, he had the ones against the ones and the twos against the twos. So that was good to see. Leah drove him down for touchdowns, I think, on two of the first three possessions uh, with ones-on-ones. But it wasn't it wasn't dominant, necessarily. Um, and then the second half was a disaster and, and not worth anyone's time um, with young guys playing. But uh, guys who stuck out, uh, you know, Barham made a couple good plays. That kid, uh, uh, Wheatlands, the middle linebacker, looked really good. Uh, Copeland, the wide receiver transfer, looked excellent. I, don't, I think he might have been the MVP of the game. If he wasn't, he should have been. Um, Ty Felton made some plays. Uh, some of the young tight ends, uh, Dupre and um, Wes, um, Jeff, help me. Weston Wolf. Weston Wolf, yes. Uh, some of those big guys uh, made some plays. It was very interesting. Um, I think there's a lot to look forward to on the football side. It didn't look like there were any real serious injuries out there. There were obviously a couple people banged up, but uh, that's not much different. I, did, I, I will say the funniest thing about the entire spring game was that uh, – uh, Wetchmacott still was in a in a no contact jersey, but he was still out there playing cornerback. And I think on three or four of Copeland's receptions, where he was you know kind of catching the ball and making runs after the catch down the field, uh, Tarheeb uh, you know did the tag, and that meant he was down because he's on a non contact. Um, and he was really pissed about it, <laughs> you know. Whereas all these other guys have to get ta- you know, have to tackle him. Whereas Tarheeb just gets to, you know, one hand touch him, and they call the play dead. So he was super kind of mad about that happening, and that was a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, I'd be but, pissed too. Yeah, it would. I would be too. So good for him. Um, what do you think of Copeland, though? Everybody, everybody keeps raving about him. Copeland was awesome. Yeah, I mean, he's he's really good. He. He's interesting because he he does he's got he does a lot like what Rack does maybe not with the deep end speed, um, but just as a possession guy and a guy going across the middle. I mean, I I feel like the only problem that I see is if you don't get Demas back until later in the year, if you don't have a guy that can take the top off the defense, you might be able to contain uh, Rack and Copeland kind of running those intermediate routes and stuff underneath. I think that's going to be the thing. Either Rack needs to, to be that deep threat and need to run him at that position where he could do that more often, um, or you need somebody to emerge. You know, maybe it's Felton or somebody like that. But uh, you know, he's a player. He's a player. He was in the. He, you know, it looked like him and Leah already had a pretty good uh, good idea of, of how each of them like the ball, where they like the ball, how they're working, working routes and stuff. So 
That was yeah, impressive. They think, Felton, they, they think Felton's going to be really, really good too. So that top four or five at receiver is really good. The depth is pretty much decimated by seven guys transferring. I'm not sure if I've ever seen seven guys at one position leave at one time before. Uh, so those guys have to stay healthy. And Demas, who knows when and if he'll get on the field, to be honest. You know, yeah. you're hoping, probably hoping for like midseason if you can get that. Um, but the offense, I think, is as explosive potentially as maybe we've seen since those Ralph years 20 years ago. I yeah, I mean, it could be it, that good. And to be fair, we've said that a lot over the years because we've been pressed by the skill talent. I think this time the difference is you've got you've got a senior Talia and you've got an offensive line that can probably run eight deep uh, without a whole lot missing there. I, I think they've really turned the line play around, and that's going to be the difference if Maryland's really going to turn the corner here as an offense, as a team. It was always line play in the Big Ten. It was always, can your guys stand up against their guys? And in the past, the answer was definitely no. I think the last couple of years, you started to see some signs that maybe that's changing. I think this year could be the year it turns around. Um, they've got a lot of depth there and a lot of good, good players. Uh, so to be interested to see, it's just it's just kind of a shame that they run into this buzzsaw of a schedule every year. And, you know, you'd, you'd hope to see the Big Ten starts to change that around because the West just cannot keep up with the East. And I don't I don't see that changing anytime soon. I need a ruling here. We have our bet, if you remember, that on the roster last year, and I won't bring up the spreadsheet now because no one can see it because they're just audio, that 20 players will make at least an NFL practice squad. Remember our bet, our, our five-year-long bet that we made, Paul. Yep. Jeff, you need the rule here. If Dante Demas's injury is bad enough that he never makes an NFL roster, would I still get credit for him as one, as being one of the twenty? Yeah, I'm out of here because he he was an automatic. Yeah, I agree. See? Oh, come on. Yes, he would count. It's a yes or no question. Yeah, you make an NFL roster or you don't. And uh, he, the sentiment of the bet though was that they had twenty players oh. capable of doing it. So, yeah, I got your. I got your. I'm giving you credit for him. I got Thank your sentiment you. right here. Thank you. Thank but you. I will say at the same time that your number is probably way too high. Stop. Stop it, Jeff. Number time. <laughs> it's good. It's going to be exactly correct. All right. Since we are moving on, well, last question about spring football for you, Paul. Did you come away happier about the team, the same, or less happy about the team? I mean, to be fair, the spring game's a mess most yeah, of the we, time. Yeah, we always talk about that. Yeah. One player looks good, the other one looks bad. So it's, uh, is it because this player was really good or is it because the defense is awful? You know, like that kind of thing. I understand. Yeah, but. yeah I mean, there's there's no real way to know. I, I, I think it was it was good to see some of the young middle linebackers uh, play well. That was that was good to see. Obviously, Copeland doing his thing. That's I think that's pretty translatable to uh, actual game time. The other stuff, it's hard to know. I mean, you're happy that you got out fairly injury-free. You've got some depth on uh, both lines, and you didn't get a ton of transfers after the game, which is always a thing you got to be concerned about. Um, so I think that was pretty good too. So yeah, I, I would say I, I was at least, uh, I certainly didn't feel worse about the situation than I did at, 
afterwards. Well, they, well, they had 20 transfers before the game, though, right? Something well, you like know, that. The, that already happened. That's fine, yeah. And four but, yeah, of them were painful. Yeah, Four of them were very painful transfers. The rest, great. the rest were okay. They were roster trimming, but four were very, very painful. That's true. And then you will, you will obviously Locks will get a chance to fill those spots in now because you did get a lot of, a lot of kids deciding to move on after their spring game. So yeah, know, there will be some opportunity to do that, um, fill some holes, and uh, you know we'll see. But yeah, I, I certainly feel feel like this team is is gonna. I, I'm not gonna predict stuff at this point with as of this point though the transfers in in no way compared to the transfers out copeland very good he's comparable to the four big defensive players i guess you would say chad ryland in some ways is as important because of how bad yeah because yeah absolutely right but besides that, they got Vandarius Cowan. I think as the well, Cowan, let me but, let me say I will say the Cowan kid looked very good as well, and there have been a lot of rave reviews out of camp about him. So I okay. wouldn't be surprised if he uh, made a name for himself here. Well, those uh, are the only three in, yeah. though, right? Those are the only three that have come in, I believe. Um, I, Jeff, I don't know. Just straight up transfers. Yeah. Junior college. I guess junior college is separate. Same, um, well, same. Yeah. Junior college account, too. Because they got the kid Max McCree from junior college. A okay. Lineman. They like him. I think he'll be a good okay. backup. Uh, but in terms of straight up transfers, yeah, I think that's a list. But he's, Locks has a lot of uh, a lot of empty spots to go shopping with. He needs another quarterback desperately. But it's well, like, how do you get a decent quarterback who can walk and chew gum when he knows he's coming in to back up? Talia for a year, so you need, you know, and it's and it's worth noting that in the spring game, none of the other quarterbacks could walk and chew gum. So yeah, and the Jarian looked good a couple years ago in that Rutgers game, but he's had a lot of injuries. Uh, so you have the two true freshmen, who neither one of them is is there was there for spring ball, so they're not ready. So you have to find somebody. That's the biggest the biggest issue to me right now, and then. All this has to happen soon, right? It's um, yeah. This is a time, you know. There, you shop around for guys who who lost out on the quarterback battle at whatever school they're at. But the problem again is most of those guys are looking for somewhere to play immediately. They got to figure that out. They need. They're looking for probably two defensive linemen because you lost Daryl Jackson uh, to the portal, and you lost Chop Robinson. So you need a pass rusher maybe to replace them. So they've got, got a one on guys. the way. Yeah, they got a couple guys that they've been recruiting hard and appear to have a pretty good chance at. Um, otherwise, I think you need another cornerback. That's the biggest thing. You know, you've got your top three corners: Deontay Banks, Corian Bennett, and Tarheep Still, and then that's about it. Corey Coley, as a freshman last year, really took his lumps. You know they they liked him a lot, so maybe he can step forward this year. But you got to get another cornerback. Uh, so those to me are the big needs with those six or seven open scholarships. All right. Well, let's see it. Let's hope we get a lot of new players coming in. Locks work is magic. I've been texting Jameer Young and the interim media relations, I guess. Maryland lost its uh, basketball media relations director, Sean Ellenby, who was really good uh, a few months ago, and they still have not replaced him. So there's not necessarily a go-to guy to keep this kind of thing from happening with a 
player no showing on us, which is disappointing, but I'm not going to get too. Well, we still have some time. On that. We yeah, still have some yeah, time. We'll see. I'm texting Jameer, texted me about 20 minutes ago and said his workout was running over a little bit, but now he's okay. Well, let's uh, go to everybody's favorite portion of the show. Paul's favorite portion of the show. Definitely our buddy Wheels. Here we go. This is Wheels with your Inside Maryland Sports non-revenue report. If it's spring, you know it means that the Maryland non-revenue sports are normally making a run for titles and championships. This year is no different. Before I get started, special shout out to the women's tennis team who finished with a winning record. Women's golf team finished 25th out of nearly 70 teams in an NCAA regional event. However, their season is now over. Women's softball won their first ever Big Ten tournament game, defeating Michigan State this past week. They take on in the second round of the Big Ten tournament, number four, Michigan this weekend men's baseball continues their nearly historic streak they are on a run that the terps have not seen in years they're 20 and 2 at home 38 10 overall they just took two out of three at rutgers they welcome michigan this weekend for a three-game set they have seven games remaining in the season the terps are in position to host a regional pod in the upcoming ncaa baseball playoffs women's lacrosse earn the second seed in the NCAA tournament. They take on the winner of the Duke-Johns Hopkins game in a play-in. They do that this Sunday, 2.30, in College Park. If you're around, cheer on the women's Terp team. They are, again, on another historic kind of run. Finally, the men's lacrosse team is vying for the title of the best men's lacrosse team in the history of NCAA college lacrosse. They found out their first game opponent in the upcoming NCAA tournament. They play Vermont this Sunday in College Park at noon in Maryland Stadium. Should they win that game, they have a potential rematch against the University of Virginia Cavaliers in the quarterfinals, which will be hosted for them in Columbus, Ohio. That is a rematch potentially of last season's title game. I have it on good authority, or at least Jeff Ehrman and Larry France have promised that should the Terps make it to Hartford on Memorial Day, that they will, in fact, attend the lacrosse Final Four. And that's a wrap for your non-revenue sports. Everyone, enjoy the weather. Have a great weekend. So, (laughs) I don't think we're attending, but the better news is that Jameer Young just joined us, so I'm going to add him in now. Oh, he just went away. What happened? You jinxed it. Uh, he heard. He heard. He heard the. Uh, he heard the non ribs report, and he was like, "No, nah, I'm not doing this." <laughs> I don't this. He he was in, and I went to go admit him, and then he disappeared. I understand, so, man. I don't know what's going on, but it was still a better interview than the time we had John Rothstein. <laughs> We had Rothstein a lot early on, man. He was he was he was a good interview, to believe believe it or not. It was it was uh it was Bruce Feldman you're talking about. The, oh, was Feldman the one that was yeah no, no no Feldman Feldman was the one where Larry is like, hey Bruce, this is IMS Radio, and he's like, what is IMS Radio? Oh yeah, 
<laughs> That's when I had to tell Larry to say, this is Larry and so-and-so with IMS radios. And then I'm like, yeah. that was awesome. Is he back on? No, he's not. I don't know what happened. He disappeared. See, we do these live kids things. These days, man. Kids these days. We always pay when we do live radio. Like, whenever you're trying to adjust or kind of figure <laughs> this tech stuff out, it never works. Well, it would be fine if he had joined on time. Oh, ouch. <laughs> man, you just can't trust those Zamatha guys, can you? No, Paul. You were almost late, too, today. Look, man, I got I had stuff going on. I got here. Hey, hey. Jeff, we did promise Wheels that we would go to the lacrosse final four. Paul? No, I've been thinking about that lately. Like, oh, no. Yeah, I'm not going to be able to do it. I'm not going. uh, There's no reason I'm ever going to Hartford. All right, here's Jameer. Here's Jameer. Jameer, are you there? He's joining. Jameer. How you doing? We're not having our video on. You can if you want to, but we have our video off. Okay. We're just on audio. It's up to you what you want to do. Thank you for joining the show. I guess you were just working out. You had a practice, or yeah, I was. Um, I'm actually. I just flew to Memphis this afternoon. I'm uh, training with Mike Miller and um, my agency in Memphis. Oh, very yeah. good, very good. I'm sure all the Maryland fans will be happy to hear that. Everyone's part of the uh, is that part of the NBA evaluation process, or is that just an individual training to get better kind of thing? Um, it's to get better. It's not really part of the process. I mean, it's really to get better uh, leading up to the to the evaluation. So it's just me just getting ready for the evaluation right now. And is the NBA still a consideration for you? Or you feel like we're going to see you in College Park next year? I'm um, still undecided. Uh, I do feel like I'll be back, but um, right now I'm just really just focused on getting that feedback on what I really need to work on. So, fantastic! Hey, Jameer, uh, I just wanted to ask you personally: um, Is Dematha a great high school or the greatest high school? Both. They're the greatest. <laughs> <laughs> of course, it is. I'm Dematha, class of '98. Oh Christ! Okay. Wait a minute. That was before you were born, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> Never mind. Somebody asked a question. No, I'm kidding. Um, so, like, you decided to choose Maryland. Um, like, we haven't had a DeMatha grad in a long time, probably since Travis Garrison, unless my memory fails me. Um, you know, what is it about you that you can bring to Maryland in terms of, you know, your skills on the court, and then what's going to take you to the next level? Uh, you know, definitely, you know, my work, my work ethic. I'm one of the hardest workers I have. You know, I'll just do anything Coach asked me to win. Um, I'm excited to play for Coach Willard. Uh, just really just trying to give him my all and do anything I can just to, you know, help this team get better, help this team be successful, and then, you know, for me individually, just to get to the next level. Hey, Jameer, you're coming into a program. It seems like every program now is going to be having this with the new transfer rules. Half the team is going to be turned over. you got a bunch of returning players, a bunch of new guys. How do you think that's gonna? How do you think you guys are gonna mesh the the returning guys, the new guys? How do you think it's gonna work out? Uh, you know, I'm excited to get to know the guys on the team. Uh, I feel like the chemistry will be there. It will definitely, you know, develop as the summer goes on and as the preseason, you know, gets going. But I'm excited to get to know the guys. I'm excited to, you know, 
find that mess, find that chemistry, and uh, get this one roll. Get this roll. Maryland's had a pretty good run of point guards lately. A lot of, uh, you know, guys who, I'm not going to say aren't pure point guards because there's not many of those left, but could really score Mello first and then Anthony Cowan. Do you think you kind of continue in that line, similar style to those guys? Uh, definitely. I feel like uh, all, all those guys that you just ma mentioned, they're very talented, they're really good players. I feel like I can – uh, you know, kind of mirror that, come in and, you know, play my game, be a true point guard, pure point guard, but also can score it and create for myself. So I feel like it would be a great situation. So, Jameer, you, you got to go through the recruiting process twice, really, you know, first time out of high school and now as a really demanded, you know, uh, asset for a lot of these big schools. What was that like for you? And then, Secondly, you know, Kevin Willard's new for us. We don't know a lot about him yet since he's moved over from Seton Hall. What was it like when he was recruiting you? What did you feel about him personally that helped make you decide to go to Maryland if you don't make uh, go to the NBA draft? Um, you know, I, I got to see both sides. Um, you know, coming out of high school, I wasn't recruited. I was a three-star recruit. I was, really wasn't one of the guys, you know. And then now just being able to – a lot of coaches calling and you know it's just it's motivation you know knowing that I just have to keep going keep putting the work in so it's it's good seeing both sides of it but you know I'm ready to get to work and with coach Willard what you said um you know he has confidence in me and I feel like he was very honest and very you know transparent um he's has very successful point guards whether that was Miles Power or uh, any other guards that he's had so um I feel like me and him will We'll click and we'll really do some good things at Maryland. Speaking with Jameer Young, six-foot point guard, transfer out of Charlotte and from DeMatha High School before that. Jameer, when do you think you're getting to College Park? When do you think all that's going to get underway and you're going to start meeting your team and get things working? Um, I would say uh, after this evaluation, um, definitely towards the end of the summer, uh, June, July, uh, but right now I'm just taking it one day at a time. I'm excited, you know, to meet the guys. I'm excited to, you know, start working and getting ready for the season. But right now I'm just focused on my feedback. And does it make it extra special to be coming back home and playing? I'm sure when you came out of school, like you said, you were a supposed three-star guy. I'm sure you never thought you were going to have this kind of opportunity to come home, play in front of 16,000 people uh, in College Park right around the corner from DeMatha. What does that feel like for you? Man, it's crazy, you know, it's, it's God's plan for me. Um, you know, it's special, and, you know, I went to high school from 10 minutes up the street, so, you know, my family's back home, uh, family and friends, so the support will be there. Um, I'm, you know, I'm truly excited. Um, it should be, it should be, it should be fun. And a quick follow-up on that. I know another guy they're recruiting really hard. We discussed before you joined the show, Donald Carey. Uh, are you familiar with him at all? Do you guys know each yes. other? Have you played together or against each other? Um, no, we haven't, but um, I, I talked to him recently. I'm trying to get him to, you know, <laughs> yeah. come over to Maryland with me. But, there you you know, he's a great player. Uh, I'm excited um, if he comes. And, um, you know, we want him, and, you know, it'll be good to have him. So, so last but not least, uh, you did play on a high school team with a lot of really excellent ball players: Hunter Dickinson, Justin Moore, Earl Timberlake, Terrell Ward. Do you still keep in contact with those guys, and do you kind of like bust them up when you know when they have a bad night, or like you know if you put up a triple double, you're gonna let them know? 
Uh, you know, we talk a little trash, but you know, that, those are my guys. We play with each other, um, not only at the math, but we've been playing with each other since, you know, 10, 11 years old. So, you know, it's, we've been on this journey together. So uh, we always want the best for each other. We always keep in touch, you know, every, every week, every two weeks. So, you know, we're praying for each other's successes. And um, yeah, we'll try to talk a little bit. You know, uh, I'll give Hunter some, some, some trouble. Well, I'm you know, playing. you know, there's a little, you know, there's a little bit of business between Marilyn and Hunter, right? So yeah, yeah, yeah we're gonna yeah. we're gonna need you to stick up for us a little bit. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> All right, Jameer. When we have people on the show, we play fill in the blank. I'm gonna ask you five rapid fire questions. You say the first thing that comes to your mind, okay? Okay, I got you. All right. The most underrated part of your game is. Athleticism. The player you most model your game after is? Uh, Jalen Brunson. You are listed at six feet tall, but in reality you are? <laughs> six more. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Besides, yeah, I don't know how I feel about that six foot. I'm about six more. So. Okay. <laughs> Besides Donald Carey, the next player who will commit to Maryland will be. I'm not sure. It would have to be me. I mean, I'm already committed, but you know, just putting that second foot in there. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we have to ask because sometimes you guys got intel for us, so. Yeah. Okay, you know. Last one. When your name is announced on NBA ne draft night next year, they will say you're from the University of Maryland. Okay. Was well, a little bit of question there. You spent a lot of time at Charlotte, so yeah, it'll be good to see that. <laughs> All right, Jameer, we asked one more thing of everybody who comes on the show. Could you do us a favor and say, This is Jameer Young, and you're listening to IMS Radio. This is Jameer Young, and you're listening to IRS Radio. Thank you, Jameer. Thanks, man. No, thanks for having me. Good luck with everything. We can't wait to see you on, in College Park next year. I appreciate it. I'm excited. All right, thanks. All right. Worth the wait, right? And that was... Yeah. All right, we got it done. Jameer Young on IRS Radio. Yeah, did he say IRS? I thought he said IRS. <laughs> he, did, yeah. he definitely said IRS, and it's so funny, <laughs> I just wanted to leave it alone. Yeah, on IRS Radio. Hey, but we got it. We got the bumper, and hang on. Be I got another bumper to play for you guys that I've never played on the show before, and it's very pertinent. Very pertinent. Hang on. You got to hear this. Here we go. This is Logan Wisnowskis, and you're listening to IMS Radio. Yeah, baby! Number one draft pick. Yes! Yeah, he won that he won that award for that I that nobody can pronounce. Um the Awaritan award? Turducken Award. I don't know. It's it's he's the best player in lacrosse. And I will say, again, I knock the non-revs a lot, and you know, that's just my 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 gaff at this point, but that lacrosse team is a goddamn nightmare. Like, yeah, they are. Like Wheels is not joking. Like it may, if they win this thing, they may be the best team of all time. I mean, yeah, they are. Incredible. They're winning every game by ten goals, dude. They're just they're incredible. And like you don't, you know, again, I don't know anything about friggin' lacrosse, but like you watch them play, and you're just like, oh, 
they're better than those guys. Yes. <laughs> they, literally, they literally, I don't think, have had a close game all year within, like, five goals. Yeah, I mean, it's it's nuts. And if you do get to see them on Big Ten Network or something during the tournament, you should watch because they're they're crazy, man. They're just yes. they're just it's just adults against kids, and just hope they pull it off. So, so I told you guys the story of how I met Logan before, but you probably don't remember. We were at the Abbey Tavern in New York, where the New York Terps meet and everything, and we were watching. I think it was a football game, and this is before pre-pandemic actually he was freshman or sophomore and they all come in and they were doing an outreach the lacrosse team an outreach and they all come into the abbey tavern because they know that that's the maryland bar in new york city and they all kind of paired off and went to tables and they he came up to me and my wife and so we talked to him for like 30 minutes and i made him give me the bumper so that's how that happened and that was before he was the best player in the country. That's before he won the Turducken Award. Yeah. Not bad. Yeah. So, Wheels will be very happy about that. What's you don't that, win it all. We're switching the name to IRS Radio. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> IRS Radio. Uh, recruiting and 1099 form advice. Yeah. All right. I have, because I wasn't sure that there was enough content for a full show, I prepared two segments at the end the show here. You can tell me which one you want to do or both. Now you got to pick one, man. We've been we've been punishing these guys for like an hour and a half at this point. I have true or false, and I have Marilyn Rankum. Yeah. True or false? My brain hurts. Sure. True or false? Jeff, Marilyn basketball will be a top twenty-five team next year. Like at any point in the season? Sure. Uh. God, I'm a sucker, but I'll say true. I think they're putting the pieces together. You got to get one of these big men out of the portal. But like we said before, they could, if they do get these guys, they'll have one of the top transfer classes in the country. You add that to Dante Scott and the other guys, I think, you know, that's a borderline top. But it's so hard. You don't know how they're going to, how they're going to mold, you know, how they're all going to gel together and everything. But I'll say true. Okay. Paul. The football team will beat at least one of Ohio State, Michigan, Wisconsin, and Penn State. Yes. True? True. No predictions on which one? I mean, I feel like I feel like Penn State – well, I don't know what the home and aways are. Um, I know um, – I don't remember that exactly, but I, I would imagine. Penn State's definitely the easiest – Penn State's gettable because at Wisconsin is you always yeah you always just feel like Wisconsin's like that terrible matchup for an East Coast team like they're you know as good as you think your lines are their lines just always end up being better yep um you know you never know with the other with the other guys Michigan you know are they gonna are they gonna be last year's Michigan or are they gonna hardball it up again who knows but yeah I think they'll get one of them I think they're good enough on offense and they can stand up against these teams on the lines now when they could in the last couple of years. Jeff, we kind of talked about this already, about Willard really improving in that 2023 class. So Maryland will have a top 10 class in 2023. Uh, for now, I'll say no, just because false, because the odds are, I mean, realistically, how many top 10 classes has Maryland had in the past, like, 15 years? Not many at all, so he's... You've got to beat that trend, so until I see it happen, I can't say that it will. 
Okay. Paul, the future of Maryland football is bleak because of NIL and the historic lack of alumni donations. True. I think it's I think all those things and the big Big Ten East. <laughs> all of those things. So like when you find a team that can win seven or eight games, you better enjoy it because it's just going to be hard to sustain anything, even if they do really improve as a program uh, in terms of, you know, how they compare to maybe the rest of college football. But I don't know, man. It's it's really hard to get too excited about the next, you know, decade, the way these things are trending. It's, it's not great. I think Locks gives us the best cho- chance, though. Okay. Yeah, I agree, unfortunately. I'm pretty discouraged about it. All right. Jeff, Willie Beeman is actually an alias of yours that you use to pump up interest in recruiting on the site. No, I, people have that theory or joke or whatever from time to time. but I've I want it to be true. Yeah, yeah. especially when you guys are needling each other. It would be so hilarious if it was you doing both sides that of that. That would be. No. <laughs> if, if we didn't have many... Uh, many people on the message board i'd probably do that just to drum up interest quite honestly but no i don't and i don't know who he is people ask who he is i don't know if he's an insider or what um but hey i'm not no i'm not worried i'm happy the more the merrier you know the more contributors we have on the board i'm not worried to get about getting scooped but no he is not my alter ego dude the best one of the best things about message board culture especially in college sports is when you have "Quote unquote insiders that pop up every once in a while. Yes, like some sometimes it's like people that are really connected. Sometimes it's like some player's brother or you know somebody that like they you know talk to some recruits mom at like a charity banquet. Yeah, like ninety percent of the time it's that it's somebody yep. posing. Uh, it's very rare that they're actually they actually have the goods." But it's still great because a lot of times you do get information. Sometimes you don't. Sometimes you get to try and figure out who's legit and who's not. It's not. It's not bad if you're going to waste your way your time on uh, message boards like we do, as old creepy forty somethings uh, talking about college kids. Uh, that's not a terrible way to do it. All right, Paul. For your last one, I'm going to switch because I liked your last Maryland rank them better than your last true or false. So I'm going to give All you. Right. Maryland rank them. And you know I always make the last couple kind of off topic anyway. So, Paul. I had some good ones for actual sports, but here we go. Paul, rank these Star Wars properties in order of best to worst. The sequel trilogy, Rogue One, The Mandalorian, The Clone Wars. That's easier than I thought. Um, I would say... Uh, the Mandalorian is the best. Uh, Rogue One is second, and not far off, honestly. Uh, Clone Wars was okay, but save, but got better when you added the last season and then uh, the sequel trilogy, which again had wonderful moments in it, but just was such a discombobulated mess where they just never seemed to have any idea where they actually wanted to go over the three movies. They just kind of made three individual movies and hope it all made sense. Um, but yeah, that's 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 worse by a long shot um, in my opinion I agree partially the only thing that I might disagree with I love Rogue One me too completely I, I like it more than I love Mandalorian but I like I liked Rogue One more 
I think the sustained awesomeness of Mandalorian gives it a nod, but I would have them, you know, one A and one B if you know if that was an option here. I, I love Rogue One. I think it's it's easily one, probably the best Star Wars movie. I I might actually call it the best Star Wars movie out, out of all of them, which. It might Ooh. be sacrilege. It might be sacrilege. It's, it's tough. Me. It's tough. But, New Hope changed movies forever. But you it's know, not a great movie if you just watch it. It's, I understand. The pacing but, is weird. Some of the stuff is not great. Yeah, I know. Empire obviously is Empire, the, is yes. King, but yeah, Ins- inside Star Wars dot com. You know, we'll 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 check it out. Jeff left. <laughs> Jeff left. Yeah, he rolled. He's not even interested. Oh, okay. Love it. All right. Well, everybody That's a else, sign, guys. Hey, everybody watching, I think there's a few of you left. Yeah, 15. There's thousands uh, of you left. 15, Thank you for 15,000 still left. Please follow. Please subscribe to us on the site here if you're still listening. And even if you're listening later, go to YouTube and subscribe. We're trying to build up the base there. We get benefits if we get to 1,000, which we're far away from now, but we'll slowly get there, hopefully. Thank you guys yeah, for listening. Just subscribe. You don't actually have to like do anything. You just hit yeah. the button and then forget about it. I don't care. Just do it so we can make some money off this thing. Jeff gets all the money. We get nothing. Right? Jeff's yes. not here so we can talk shit. So Thank you guys who did join. Thanks to Jameer Young for joining us. A little late, but that was very good. Very excited to have him on on the in the program and and on campus next year. And uh, what's his Twitter? It's something you anyway, tweeted it. Yeah, I did. <laughs> but I closed out my Twitter tab. So. There you go. Anyway, you guys follow me on Twitter and subscribe to us on Sus- YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to IRS Radio. IRS Radio. Thank you, guys. This has been IMS Radio. <laughs>